0: words of our mouth, so make this confession, say it out loud, this is my Bible, I am what it says I am, I have what it says I have, and I do what it tells me to do, and I love my Bible, so I make it as a confession, I will meditate in it, day and night, a chapter in the morning chapter in the evening, and because I do, my life is blessed. It is no more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch, turns to success. Y'all believe that? Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to minister unto these your sheep. We pray that Revelation knowledge will flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. We ask that you'll enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see what we haven't seen, that we may grow and be the better because of it. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Live big on the inside of every one of us. You are the teacher. Have your way. (laughs) Have your way. And it is in that precious name of Jesus we pray, and by his blood we say, Amen. 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 Open with me in your Bible to the book of Psalm 100. I want to conclude another series that I started a few weeks back called Serve the Lord. And our text was in Psalm 100, stanza 1 and 2. A psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I believe this is something that God would for us to do today. Amen. Make a joyful noise as we've done today in praise and worship. Did you all enjoy his worship today? Amen. Glory to God. Well, he said, make a joyful noise. But then he also says that we should serve the Lord. Your being here in service is actually you being served. But what do you do for God? I believe with all my heart, every Christian should do something for God. So when the Bible talks about serving the Lord, it's talk about doing something for him. And then he said, come before his presence with singing. So as I said, I want to conclude talking about serving the Lord. And I want to thank all of you that have responded and have now stepped up into new roles and helping in different capacities throughout the church. But maybe you're here today or maybe you're online and you're not yet involved in a church somewhere doing something for the kingdom of God. For all of us, this will be a great exhortation and a time of learning. The Bible says that we're to serve him with gladness. Everybody in the family of God needs to be doing something in the house of God. Say that with me. Everybody in the family of God needs to be doing something in the house of God. When I grew up, uh, we had to do chores. Do they still have chores now? <laughs> Our boys are four and five years old, so we haven't taught them that word yet, but oh, it's coming. Somebody is coming. Like before you can go outside and ride that bike, before you can go and play, and before we can go and swim, you need to vacuum, you need to wipe, clean, do something. Amen? (laughs) And so growing up, we were taught to do our chores even from an early age. And being in the family of God, indeed, you and I are in the family of God. If you are born again, you are born into his family. He is your heavenly father. Amen. And you and I are brothers and sisters together in the family of God. And the Bible teaches us that. In Ephesians chapter 3, I believe around verse 14 and 15, Paul, in his prayer for the church at Ephesus, he said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father. Somebody say Father. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family, somebody say family, family in heaven and earth is named. We are born into the family of God. He's our heavenly Father. We are a part of his family, and everybody in the family of God needs to be doing something in the house of God. So especially for those of you all that are watching online, you cannot serve God remotely. (laughs) You can receive the word. You can enjoy worship. Amen. You can sow and so forth. But there comes a time when you need to get up from where you are, come into a, a house of worship, and do something for God. In Ephesians chapter 4, to go even a little bit further, right on the same context and in the same line, talking about the family of God, every one of us have been given gifts. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Talking about what Jesus did by dying and being raised from the dead, Paul says that he, Jesus, gave some of us to be apostles, some of us to be prophets, some of us to be pastors, some of us teachers. There's a sixth role that he covers in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He talks about helps. All of us have some role and function in one, not all of us are pastors or teachers, etc., but in one way or another, we're all supposed to help in the kingdom of God. But notice this particularly about this specific group, these five, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave us these gifts, notice verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Why do they need to be equipped? For the work of the ministry. Why does there need to be work? For the edifying of the body of Christ. My responsibility as your pastor or one in spiritual authority is to actually equip you, furnish you, train, develop you, help you, So that you do the work of the ministry. I remember one time working with a worship team, maybe two years ago, three years ago. It had to be because it was before the pandemic. And we had a new system, uh, a data management system for the church. And it allows you to check in as a volunteer when you arrive. And we figured we needed to use it because some folks were coming in late. And then this particular team, you know, the singers, and and so it was like, man, just moments before worship, they'd step into the pulpit, you know. And we're like, well, no, we want you to be here at a certain particular time. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have everybody check in. One, one, one sister, come on somebody, one sister said, that just feels too much like work. (laughs) Yeah, this is church. That just feels too much like work. So one of the things I do want to help you as you're serving the Lord, doing something for God, is to really condition your mind to think of it as the work of the ministry. I mean, our, our singers, our players, they have to rehearse during the week, and then they come and they serve. And those that are in the children's ministry, in the nursery, those that, I mean, it, it really, it takes some work to have church. Amen. So again, my, one of my primary roles as one in spiritual authority, number one role is to pray for you, to be accountable for God, to stand before Him, to minister, to teach. But one of those functions is to equip you so that you do the work of the ministry. There in, back in the day, the concept in Christianity was that the ministers, the pastors, were supposed to do the work. So they would have the pastor. He'd be out there cutting grass on Saturday, cleaning toilets on Monday, doing you know working with this group on th- Thursday and so forth. And they would do all the work. And then they'd get up in the pulpit and they're reading poems, talking about periodical. I mean, they really have nothing to say. No anointing. Amen. Thank God we live in a better time. Where where the, the work of the ministry is being done by the people of God. Amen. In a family, I, I use this illustration. There's this, uh, imagine a family of five. A dad, a mom, a 16-year-old boy, 13-year-old girl. And then they got a little one that's about six years. I don't know how they got them spread out like that. But sure enough, amen. They got a six-year-old. And sure enough, you know, they come home and dad gets home, changes his clothes, goes outside and cuts the grass. Mom gets home from her job. You know, she starts making the dinner and cleaning up in the bathrooms and so forth. And the kids are just in the TV room playing video games and making a mess and so forth. And then after they finally drag themselves to the dinner table, they eat, enjoy the food. Dinner is over. The 16-year-old goes back and gets on the video game. The 13-year-old goes and calls her friend. And the six years go back. six-year-old goes back into the playroom making another mess while daddy begins to help with mama to do the dishes and to put things. Is there something wrong in that house? Come on, y'all. Talk to me now. Is there something wrong in that house? What needs to be happening? Well, man, that 16-year-old.
1: <laughs> my, my
0: my youngest brother, he's executive pastor. He's in the youth church with the with the teenagers. But he's got nine and ten year olds that he at, at his house. They got five kids. They learn to cut the grass at an early age. Come on. <laughs> they got a little one. That little boy, <laughs> you see him. He barely could. <laughs> yeah, they are gonna do something. They got, they got one girl and five boys and the, and the oldest is a girl, teenager now. Amen. 13. You better believe she learned how to put some dishes in the dishwasher. Mama not gonna sit up there doing all that stuff. Amen. And in the house of God ought to be the same way. Shouldn't be that the family comes in, sits, watches, eats, come on somebody, and then leaves and everybody else cleans up after them. Amen. So say it out loud. Everybody, In the family of God needs to be doing something in the house of God. Now, let me get ready to close with a couple of passages in Scripture that basically demonstrate what ministry should look like. In Exodus chapter 18, you all remember Jethro was Moses' father-in-law. In verse 13 through 23, I know it's a long passage, but God put it there for us for now. It says, And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning till evening, all day long. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another and I make known the statutes of God and the laws. So Moses' father said to him, this thing that you do is not good. Both you and this people will waste away or where surely you will wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you and you're not able to do it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people. Stand before God. Get in the presence of God for the people. So that you may bring their difficulties to God. And then you shall teach them the statutes and laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people men "...such as able men, such as fear God, men of truth, haters uh, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of tens and fifties. And let them judge the people at all times, then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, and every small matter they themselves shall judge." So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you if you do this thing. And God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all this people will be able to go to their place in peace. How many of y'all see the wisdom of God? In other words, the pastor can't do it alone. Since I first started this series, I used to be the guy that puts the signs out in the parking lot so that when our first time visitors come, they'll know exactly where to park. Come on somebody. How many of y'all think those signs look good outside? But since that time, Brother Marcel Aduku, cool, he stood up, praised God, said, Pastor, I heard that you were doing the signs. If you show me how to do the signs, then I'm gonna help you put the signs out. Amen. So sure enough, I parked my truck up here, gave him the key, and he came on out. He and his family, and they put out all this. I drove on the parking lot this morning like, glory! Hey! Hey!" (laughs) Now I'm not going to wear myself out that way. Amen. Now I can pray a little more, spend a little more time in the presence of God, and be more anointed. Come on, somebody that burdens may be removed and yokes may be destroyed in people's lives. This is the wisdom of God. So we are asking every member of Faith Family Church. We're asking every visitor, regular visitor, amen. If you believe that this is where God wants you to be, we have a place for you, even if you're a visitor. We can get you involved on one of our teams. And that's actually how we know that you're in the core and involved, amen. We want you to serve two weeks consecutively. Because a lot of times if you do it now and do, don't do it next week, you'll forget. We want you to serve two weeks consecutively. And then you could take four weeks off. Amen. Come on, that's easy, man. Two weeks on, four weeks off. That's a whole vacation. Come on. <laughs> and some of the work is just real easy. Just smile and wave. Hi, thank you for coming. Hi, thank you. But can you do that? Yeah, just get here a little early. You know, we're gonna get, you know, we've got organization, structure, and all of that. But we want everybody to do something in the house of God. We made it easy. Now, some people do more. Some people serve every week. Some people do two weeks on, two weeks off. That's up on you. But as your pastor, will you honor me and get involved? Amen? One last passage. Praise God. Acts chapter six, verse one through seven. You can play something softly for me. Verse 1 says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men, among whom of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and of Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius and Nicholas, proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles and when they had prayed they laid their hands on them and look at verse 7 and the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in the Jerusalem uh, in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests believed in the obedience of the faith glory to God as I close This is a New Testament example of Exodus 18. People were coming to church, literally. It was called church in the New Testament. They were coming to church and people were being ministered to and served. But some folks were being neglected because they didn't have enough help. I could tell you right now there's some folks that are being neglected at Faith Family because we don't have enough help. So that we can only grow to a certain extent because we don't have enough children's workers. We can only grow to a certain extent because we don't have enough singers. We can only grow to a certain extent because we don't have enough technical people, people on the camera or people on the soundboard. We can only grow to a certain extent because we don't have enough help. And they brought it to the attention of the leaders and I love their response. They were like, wait a minute. It's not reason for us to leave the Word of God and go serve tables. But you all look out among you people that can we we can put over this area so that we can get our the ministers so that we can give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And it pleased the whole multitude. They found seven guys. They appointed, had organization. They put them in different places in position. The ministers were able to spend more time in the word, more time in the spirit of God. And sure enough, the word of God increased. How many have ever been in a service where it was just a powerful word from God? It seemed like everything the man or the woman of God was saying was right on point. right what you needed. You came in broke. You came in busted. You came in depressed. But there was an anointing on the worshipers. There was an anointing on the singer. There was an anointing on the pastor and the ministry. And you left free. You left whole. You left encouraged. You left full of faith. What that, the reason why that happens is because there's time in his presence. They're not spending their time doing some other things. Amen. I say to you prophetically, because of your response over the past few weeks, we're about to grow in a way that we have not seen or experienced in all of our years. It's going to be exponential and rapid. We're in the summertime. And we're filling up on every section. We're going to have to bring out the extra chairs that we already have. We're not going to have to buy them. We already got them. This building will not be able to hold us. The growth that we will experience will be so rapid, so multiplied, such increase. All of us are going to need to be hands on deck. Amen? Because God is going to pour out his spirit because we are responding to his word. Did you all get anything out of that today? So get ready for increase. Come on, get ready for mo-